sun was shining, I was laying in bed, wondering if she'd change it all if her hair was still red. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Saunas and Three Team Parlays. I'm Crouchy, he's Oge. You listen to the hottest podcast in the Keweenaw. Okay, Oge, let's uh, start off episode 39 and let's uh, set out a little congratulations to a friend of ours down in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Career win number 300 for Coach Luke Regal, UW Parkside men's basketball coach. He's also the longest tenured coach, basketball coach in the state of Wisconsin right now. He is. I think by a large amount also, but... Um, Reigning Gleak Coach of the Year. You got that right. So he... He pulled off his 300, so obviously he had some thank yous out there on Twitter, but he's been there a while, which is one way of getting those wins, but you also have to have some success, and he's certainly done that. He does a hell of a job over there, so congrats to Luke. Yep, congrats, Luke. Big big weekend in football. You know, the playoff situations are great, but uh, I'm not sure th- there's a better weekend than Thanksgiving. From the Thanksgiving Day games to the high school Football finals. We've got high school on right, right behind us right now, Menominee in, in uh, the state championship. They're playing as we are doing the podcast from Studio One. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's a great. I enjoyed the hell out of Thanksgiving Day, obviously, with my Cowboys another and my big, Packers. Another big route. Yeah. Well, we'll get to your Packers when we get to our wager talk because there's a couple things I'd like to mention there. But you know, you're not going to whap my pee pee, are you? Well, where do we go with that? You got to get off of that thing. It's been people have been getting pissy with that um hey we got snow here too by the way first time yeah i think it's coming it's uh the ground is froze the snow is not melting anymore so we're we're in for the big one here pretty soon It'd be a shame if we had a snow day this week hey when <laughs> <laughs> when are we gonna oh what do you want to go to first well how about the high school michigan high school football finals that goofy setup we complained about it a long time ago how they moved them did you see the score of the game friday night between Michigan State and Penn State. Uh, what a what a mess. Yeah. Well, they got their coach. They Sparty did. hired a coach. It was quick. Oregon State's. They made a quick phone call and got him, hey? Yeah, that's uh, – Get it. Phone I don't call. know that – Phone call. I got you. Um, I don't know what his – if he has any ties to the program. Did you read anything? I haven't done a whole lot of digging into it yet. I know that there's people are seem to think he's a pretty good hire and trying to get out of that pack two or whatever they got out there. But right. – um, the high school games moved to Saturday, Sunday, which, again, I don't think they'll ever do that again. A couple of games that I enjoyed, the Division 8 game was awesome. And you probably didn't watch a second of any of this stuff. I right? did not, know. So, Ubley and Ottawa Lake Whiteford, two perennial powers, and we talked about the gauntlet that you had to do to get through to, in Division 8. And Ubley is a full-house T team, and Ottawa Lake is a downhill I-formation team. Ubley had the ball for two possessions in the first half. And Ottawa Lake had the ball for one possession and a minute in the first half. And Ubley was up 7-6. to six. Wow. Two teams um, that just pound the ball between the tackles. And uh, enjoyable to watch. Great great football game. Ubley avenged the loss from Ottawa last year. So I was happy to see that. And then in the Division Six game, um, Kingsley won a state title. I saw that. I did with, with, read uh, a little bit on it. Um, Coach War, who I just, just got a text from here a little while ago. Very happy for him. Class act guy. He had won one with Kingsley back in the mid-2000s and then took a, a, a stint at TC West and back to Kingsley. And um, Again, another full house T team. That was actually a pretty good game there as well. And then the, the last game of the night was Muskegon and De La Salle. And that was two heavyweights knocking it out. And the quarterback for Muskegon, rushed for about 250 yards and Muskegon came back and beat him. So um, some pretty exciting games. Yeah, I stuck it, with the college scene all day yesterday. Um, and then we're on today with Menominee is playing. They're starting, so we won't even know who wins the rest of them. But Menominee's tied at halftime right now as we test as, as we tape this show. But um, And then you get into the college scene. I mean, between Friday night. And hail to, to the victors, valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes, greatest. Michigan win over Ohio State in my lifetime. I think Oge, I put that out there yesterday. He did. It's funny because after, I'm sure, a couple of uh, Miller Lights yesterday, Oge was texting me on how to send out a tweet. 
Oh, was I on a roll <laughs> yesterday? It was. Uh... <laughs> How do I send out a tweet? Do I click on this plus button? Yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> well, I didn't even. We we were so wound up after that game. The whole house was going nuts, and. Uh... I stayed away, by the way, and I'll have to stay away next year too, I guess. Hey. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's been a little a routine now that it was actually broke. Travis never showed up yesterday. He wasn't able to get there. My dad was there. Um, we some happy happy people in that house. That was, I don't know. It, it was just gut wrenching. I mean, the every single play call and and the the battle in the trenches with those two teams. It just was remarkable. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts just initially off that win? I thought it was a heck of a football game. I mean, you want to watch, you know, and the people that get into this spread stuff and all that and whatever, that, you're not true football people. That that game with Ohio State and Michigan was one on the line of scrimmage. And I, and I got to be honest with you, both teams were, I thought, pretty equal up front. I mean, Ohio State had moments where they moved the ball pretty well on the yeah, ground. We Michigan's, talked about that, that drive in the third quarter where Ohio State, Michigan got the ball at the half and I think got a field goal. And then they, they went down and tied that game. And it was, I think, about eight or nine straight running plays. I mean, it was what Michigan did to Ohio State last year. And I thought, man, this could be this could be tough now because they really just ran right through them, five, yeah. six yards of crack. Yeah. They, they played the ball between the tackles. And it was, I, I, it, for a football fan, I, it was it's great to watch. Michigan never really ripped off those big plays. They just kind of methodically pounded and pounded. I thought the biggest run of the game came from J.J. McCarthy at the end. He, yeah, he scrambled for about a 16, 17-yard gain. Yeah, that was huge. You know, they did hit some big plays with the tight ends. They hit Loveland a couple times, and Loveland came out because he was bleeding. In the play, the next play, they hit that backup tight end for about a 20-plus-yard mm-hmm. gain. A um, couple other things I, I, I thought were interesting, the special teams from Michigan outplayed Ohio State special yep. teams. That kicker did a hell of a job, and we hit our 50-yarder, right? That kid hit a big one. And they missed theirs, which I thought was an odd call by Ryan Day before the half. Because he had a, it was a fourth down, and I don't know, maybe it was manageable, fourth and three, fourth and yeah. something like that. And instead of trying to get that first down and, you know, working into a better field goal situation, they chose to run the clock down and kick that 50-yarder, and the guy missed it. So, and the punter, too, from Michigan. Two yeah. big, two big time punts where he pinned that pinned ball back. Down there. And those games, those are just huge, huge plays. Um, the fourth down conversions that Michigan managed to get, I think they were three for three, something like something that. Something right? like that. Yep, it was. And it, the big one was the first one that they got on the goal line when they got stuffed on mm. third and inches, oh, which kind of looked. They reviewed it, kind of thought. I kind of looked like he was in, and then they went for it again, and then got in easily. But that was a big momentum play. How about the how about the touchdown with Roman Wilson when that kid did strip the ball? But I don't understand. It. But how can that be? How can, you can't fumble once you cross the plane. Well, that's what I thought. Control wise, I thought the other thing they could have done there is called him down at the one. No, before I, he got in. I thought they made much much ado about nothing there. He had the ball in possession, bro- broke the plane. I mean, again, if that was anywhere else on the field, maybe they they do it. But once the ball breaks the plane, it, it's over. So I didn't. I didn't think it was that big of a play. I mean, they made a big deal out of it. Obviously, you know, Ryan Day whined about it just a wee bit, but um, it was a great play. Yeah, and, you know, J.J. McCarthy, it wasn't like he went out there and went uh, 28 out of 34 or anything, and that's not the way Michigan's going to play football anyway. But he was efficient, made some big plays with his legs. Um, But how about the play in that fourth quarter where I think they went play action first down? This might have been during that that seven-minute drive that essentially sealed the game. But you remember when he was rolling to his right off a of play action? He probably should have got oh. sacked. He threw back across his body. Yeah, you probably heard me say some bad words at that point. I mean, that was an, a bad decision that worked out well for him. Holy crap, and yeah. And Cornelius Johnson made a hell of a catch yeah. on that also. But that was that was a, a rough, rough decision by him. But it, it paid off. Yeah, he got away with that one. But that was, you know, we took seven minutes off that clock, got the ball with eight, just over eight minutes to go in the game, and punched it all the way down right in their face and, and couldn't get that last first down. But the kicker, again, made a big field goal. Six points rather than three is huge. The other one I, I put in note here, how about the, the call from Sheryl Moore? you got to give him credit for that when he when he went toss pass with uh, with Donovan Edwards. Yep. 
on that little pitch out and nailed that tight end, I think. So, yeah, zero, zero turnovers and only three penalties from Michigan was key also. But uh, what a game. I, I had a blast watching it. Yeah, and Ohio State is just the, – the quarterback position kind of hurts them a little bit. Marvin Harrison is probably as good of a player as there is in the country. I mean, all credit. I mean, you got to give him credit. And, oh, didn't didn't you listen to uh, Gus and, and whatever, Klatt? How many times they mentioned that he was the best player in the field? I have to be honest. The, the situation I was in, we weren't really listening to the audio. We had it on. And, drove me nuts. But they just – the, Michigan did a good job with him. He had 100 yards, but it was pretty quiet. He got the one at the end. And, and but you, we said you know, Will Johnson got hurt. And Will Johnson was blanketing him for that first three quarters or two and a half, whatever. I can't remember exactly when Johnson's ankle went on him. But when he when he left him, that's when uh, Harrison got a few more big plays. So Will Johnson did a hell of a job on him in the, the initial part of the game. Yeah. So, but even if you're an Ohio State fan and you lost, you know, even if you're not really a football fan, it was a great game to watch. It really was a great football game. I mean, go back to – Smash, smash mouth football, big plays. The defenses were phenomenal. The special teams were phenomenal, and you know I got I got to give credit to JJ McCarthy too. I thought he did. A, I thought he you know I hate to use the term game manager, but he managed the game pretty well. He threw across a back across his body that one time, which was Ugh! but um, like I said, he made some big plays and and the quarterback for Ohio State threw the two interceptions, and there's probably your difference in the game. Yep, and uh, Michigan's coaching staff did a hell of a job at. Can you imagine how Coach Harbaugh watched that game? Would have, you th I mean, I just can't even. Imagine. I didn't even hear it. Was he playing Jenga? He was just at or home. Playing, <laughs> doing something. I know he was at home. They they did show him later. I saw a little Twitter post that he he was over at the hospital with Zach Zinter, um, big the big guard for Michigan. That that's obviously his season is over, which was tough watching him get carted off. Yeah. In that game, his senior year. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Okay. Um, the rest of the college games are pretty exciting as well, and there's and that'll lead us into some of our stuff later in the show. But man, Alabama, Hail Mary to win the game, Washington field goal at the end to win the game. That could have changed the dynamics of the college football playoff scene big time if those two teams would have lost. I had a nice bet on Washington State to cover that game. But I didn't think they would hang in like that. Yeah, I didn't Probably either. should have won it. That Penix Jr., I know we got a question coming up um, on the Heisman situation. I wasn't that impressed with him um, yesterday. I don't See, I don't watch those teams that much. Right. That was the first time I've really watched Washington. Um, and I so I had them on more than the Alabama game, kind of flipping back and forth. But Bama should have lost the game. Yeah. Know? There was a that game and the Hail Mary. Florida State struggled. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah which, is, which is going to make a lot of people happy because now they have that out. And, uh, Certainly to make Texas happy. Yeah, Kansas Jayhawks came through for us as as well, but um, a lot of a lot of good college football, and that's going to lead us into uh, the championship games next next week. Yeah, can't wait. Michigan and Iowa. Oh uh, my God, Iowa Hawkeyes did it again, eh? I got to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I I watched almost every snap of that Iowa and Nebraska game, so I should get into heaven for that. How do they continue to that do is, it? That is that is ugly. Ugly football. Like they don't even try on offense. It's third and nine, and they're running like, like a dive into the line. You know, you're not you're not even giving yourself a chance. And de defensively, Iowa is solid. I mean, they're they're not. I, I can't imagine they're gonna. That's the way they're gonna play. And Kurt Ferentz threw out a rookie kicker, a freshman kicker there. I think too. Yeah, he got kick. well the kick. I mean, you you talk about ugly. Like they were kicking it, the ball was going out of bounds. They couldn't even keep it in the field of play. Iowa had two missed field goals. They got blocked, and it wasn't close. I mean, it, it, <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't waste any time oh, watching that. But. I mean, it was a close game and exciting at the end. But man, we'll get oh, to man. see. We'll get to see the Hawkeyes this this Saturday. Yeah, looks like Lumen Christie's ready to punch one in here. Man, I'd like to see Menominee win. You know, let's just, let's go back to this real and quick. Goal, third and goal dive. Looks like he's short. I mean, fourth down. Do you know who's coaching Menominee now? I do. Chad Brent. You correct? know, I'd love to see Menominee pulling off there. You know, he had Coach Hofer and Coach Noah there that have won state titles. Chad Brandt did a hell of a job with Stevenson, you know, and got oh, close sure. so many years. And uh, so, but anyway, I digress. Um, about a little update on our Northern Arizona Lumberjacks, Oge. Quiet week for him, schedule wise. Just the one game, correct? Yeah, but what a game it was. I yep. mean, they end up losing, but if you got to lose a game, being on the island of Hawaii. That's a good place to start. Yeah, not bad. 
they uh they lost 70 to 61 uh, I, I, I believe again I, because those games are on so late and I don't sleep with a, a crap um, I actually flipped it on and watched part of it they uh they had a big a, a stretch where it was a really actually a pretty good game they had a stretch where they didn't score they just couldn't throw it in the ocean from yeah. the island but they uh they they took it on the chin 71 to 60 at Hawaii um, this week I got a couple games coming up at UC Santa Barbara on the 29th and then finally a home game against Pacific. I told you when I looked at that schedule, it's going to feel like a, a month for those guys to be able to get back in their own gym and play. So, yeah, that's hopefully now, you know, they get kind of a long week with the travel um, and the one game, but it's going to give coach and practice time, start evaluating some of these guys and, and see where, where they need to improve going forward here with the conference schedule coming up. Yeah, and again, a couple guys that are injured, hopefully to get them back. Yeah, and I think we need to get Coach on again. Some of our listeners, I know, enjoy listening to him, so we can get him on and maybe talk about where the team's at and injury-wise and a few other things as as they look forward to these upcoming games. Yeah, we'll have to get him, get him on here and then uh, go from there. So your Northern Arizona basketball update has been brought to you by Poor Man's Epoxy, your choice of local handcrafted epoxy products in Lakeland and Michigan. No custom project is too big or too small. Check out poormansepoxy.com or contact Brett at 369-0684 to get your project started. And today, Oge, we're going to head to uh, Crouchy's Corner, and we're gonna, we got another interview with another, I, I don't even want to say a legend in the UP. We're going to have one of the great legends in the UP. Um, and if I told you we were going to sit down with Coach Metlack today, what would you think? What would I think? Yeah. Well, I think it would be a great interview. Uh, I don't know him as well as you do. Which, which Coach Metlack are we talking about? Well, that's true. We did bring that up when we had our, our little preseason tech football meeting. That was one of your great lines, I thought, of your podcast career when you nailed Dan <laughs> Metlock Jr. on that. But, yeah, this is his father. Yeah. So when you go through the the history of the Upper Peninsula foot, football it, 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 it starts with, with Dick Matlack Sr. and the Crystal Falls Wars Park Trojans and their run through the 70s and the 80s and stuff like that. Um, one of the great all-time coaches of all time, always been a thorn in our side at, at Lakeland. And, and then Dick Matlack Jr., coached at Gwynn for many, many years. Very successful and tough, tough league there with the, the base open and the school bigger and had some great teams there. And then you had his son, Dan, who's the current coach at Michigan Tech, so when you say Coach Metlack, you got to be more specific. But we're able to catch up with Dick Metlack Jr. and kind of had a good good chat with him about his coaching career, what it was like being with his you know his father growing up and playing for him there, and then now following and, and supporting his son, who's the head coach at at Michigan Tech. So uh, really enjoyable interview, and I hope our fans are going to like it. Okay, so we are with Dick Metlack Jr. And when you talk about sports in the Upper Peninsula, it's hard to go down the list of people with accomplishments and not hear the name Metlack. Now, you, Dick Jr. is in a very, very unique spot. And I hate calling you Dick Jr. because you're Coach Metlack to, to me. But um, being somebody that, when you look at football in the Upper Peninsula, obviously your father is a, a legendary coach in Crystal Falls. They can put him up against anybody as far as success in the UP. You had an absolutely amazing career at Gwynn and I believe out in Arizona. And now you're here watching your son, Dan, who's the coach of the Michigan Tech Huskies. And, you know, Foot, let's say football's in the Metlack family. There's no question that it's in the blood. I mean, I was on a football field when I could barely walk and watched my dad for 35 years. And I've been in it for, or I was in it for 38 years. And Dan was on a football field with me, ball boy, manager, whatever you wanted to call him, from the time he could walk. So, I mean, we've been on a football field for a long time in our family. Yeah, and when, when Oj and I did our football preview and we sat down and we talked with Dan and, you know, taking over his role here at Michigan Tech, I made the comment to him. I said, you know, you got big shoes to fill. And he thought we were talking about Coach Curley and Coach Olson and Coach Anders. And I said, I go, you're the, you're the third winningest coach at your own Thanksgiving dinner table. You know, when you go back and, and, and you look at, um, you know, talk a little bit about, like, your father growing up in Crystal Falls with your dad in the, in the heyday of, of the, the – Forest Park program. What was that like? Well, I mean, you know, you grow up in it. That's what you kind of come to expect. I mean, we just put him in, a, or he just got into the Forest Park 
Accomplishment Hall of Fame this past weekend. So there are a lot of old stories going, a lot of old memories coming back from the 65 Barber Trophy and those kinds of things. I mean, Forest Crystal Falls at the time won the Barber Trophy, which was given to the top team in the UP, all classes. And being a small school in Crystal Falls, that was quite an accomplishment. And then it moved on to the 75 state championship team, which I happened to play on. And, you know, it's the first year of the playoffs in Michigan. And we happened to win that one 50 to nothing. And he was in the next three state championship games after that, winning one more. So he had two under his belt in the first four years of the playoffs. When he retired, he was the winningest coach in the state of Michigan at the time. Obviously, that's been surpassed now, but he was pretty successful and set the bar pretty high for me to follow and try to catch <laughs> up. I would add probably coach that was 85, 90 years old to catch up some, with some of the things that he did, which never happened. But we had some good years in Gwynn, and it was fun. And I, I think Danny enjoyed some of that time that was spent on the football field in the 90s when we had some pretty good teams in Gwen. And now he's setting his own, he's, he's setting his own mark now. And there's a little buzz up here right now. It, things are going good. I, you know, there ain't a whole lot of people that have a lot of bad things to say. I'm sure he is not satisfied with what happened today. And the Wayne one is going the Wayne State game is gonna bite him in the butt odd for another six months probably, but the upper Iowa one may, could have went the other way just as easy. So you, you've been in it for a long time, Andy. You understand it. It's a play here, a play there sometimes, and that's the nature of the beast in this game. Yeah, it, it sure is. And, you know, if you go back over the years and you think of all the, all the football games that you've been to in your life, you said you're starting as a when you could barely walk to a, to a player to, to your days of coaching, and now you, you get to sit back. And I'm going to say sit back and watch, but I know you're probably pacing the sidelines and you're getting into it, and you're like, you know, you, you probably say, hey, that was a great call, and, and then under your breath, why did you call that, you big dummy, and, you know, things like that. So how hard is it right now for you to, to sit as a, as a, a coach and, and a dad and watch your son coach at the Division II level in this situation? Well, I guess I got through a lot of that stuff while he was the associate head and the offensive coordinator. And I was still coaching her at the end of, you know, just mm -hmm. got done coaching. And now after five years of him doing that and getting the head job for the first time, it's a little easy. I mean, don't get me wrong, there still <laughs> are times, but it's a little easier to sit back and just be more of a fan and, and watch what's going on and all of a sudden, I'm learning that I don't watch the game quite the way I used to. And I, well, what happened there? You know, I, how that happened? You know, I wish I could add replay, you know, and, and saw exactly what happened on that play, kind of thing. But it's it's getting easier. I I I know it's in good hands, and I I'm proud of what he's doing, and he's going to do just fine. Yeah, and there's for sure, you know that. He, it's not like he's just walking to anywhere new after after being a, a great player here and being an associate coach here. It seemed like a natural transition. But let's go. Let's take a quick peek back in the the days of your coaching career at, at Gwynn, which you kind of went through the times where Gwynn, where, where the base was open and the school was big and kind of as the, when it closes, it kind of changed. But what are what are some of the best memories you have of your days of coaching um, the Gwynn Model Towners? Well, you know how it is coaching. I mean, each team is different. There's different kids, and those memories are always good, whether you win or lose, I guess, when it's all said and done. But in the 90s, we had some, we had some good teams in Gwen. And we, the base kind of handcuffed us at that point because it was dwindling down. We weren't getting a lot of players from the base at that time, and it still made us a double-B school at that time when it had the different, different divisions. And there were three, three or four seven and two teams and one six and three team that didn't make the playoffs at that time with the point system. Mm -hmm. And we finished, the top four made the playoffs and we finished fifth in our region five times in a row and it was less than a fraction of a point. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was hard to tell. A couple of those teams were pretty good. We'd have made some noise if we'd have got in, but you got to get in before you can play. And... When Dan was a sophomore, we went seven and two, and that was a very good team. We really peaked at the end of the year, beating some good teams in the UP, 
and didn't quite get in. And we finally, we finally got in his junior year. And then we, you know, we had some, we went pretty far into the playoffs once we had a chance to get in. And those years were fun. And then having your kid play quarterback and the team being pretty good was is kind of a, a double whammy for for you, you know, from a coach and dad standpoint, but yeah, I it kinda, was fun. I, I know that feeling. I got, yeah, I got kind of. I, I know you. I know what you. I know get, what you're saying. Get what you're at there. Um, and then I remember that year, that senior year with Dan, and you guys had that run, I believe, to the semifinals or right. something like that. And, and what what a what a great run that was. Um, and then after stepping down and watching Dan play at Michigan Tech, and I mean, how, how many Michigan Tech games have you seen over the the last twenty years? Probably probably more than you can remember. Well, for sure, when he was playing, I mean, I had a, I had a system set up in my back seat of my car where I had a little, I guess with VHS back in those days or whatever, you get the tape and I plugged it in and I'd be going to Erie, Pennsylvania or wherever they were playing and I'm scouting in the back seat on a Saturday on my way to the game and get everything taken care of. So on Sunday when I got back to town, we could the coaches could meet and we get ready for our next week of that. But we did that for a long time. I I didn't miss many games. I I know there were a couple when we played Norway on a Saturday afternoon that you're kinda of looking over your shoulder, anybody got a score? You know, you wanna know what's going on. But it was fun. It was it was really fun chasing around and I got to do that a little bit this year where I put it on the road and showed up at away games and what are you doing here? You know, kind of thing. But it was fun. I didn't miss a game this year. Yeah, well, that, and that's good. So um, I just want to thank you and for taking a little bit of time and talking to us. We have tens of fans that are going to love to hear this. And like I said, <laughs> I'm when, not sure about that. <laughs> when when you when you look at that football, high school football, and f just football in general in the Upper Peninsula, obviously the Met, the Metlac name is is one that's synonymous with success. And and uh, again, great accomplishments. And thanks for talking with us today, Coach. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Crouchy's Corner is brought to you by Level Up Branded Apparel, the official provider of SS3TP. See Brendan or Sean for all your organization's embroidery, screen printing, or personalization needs. Visit our website at levelupembroidery.com. Time for a wager talk with Oge. Rough day on the picks last week. A lot of rotten games on the NFL schedule today, but we will not be deterred, denied, or even held back today, Oge. Yeah, we'll save our, our little battle for the end of this. Uh, we'll go through a few things here, but I... I guess we got to introduce somebody that I was just introduced to by our former, probably I guess he still is a fan. Um, you remember old Hakey Carhu from Copper City? Oh, great guy. Yeah. So Hakey is familiar with somebody that's going by the name of Parley Pete. Parley Pete. Parley Pete. Parley Pete has apparently been on a roll here as of late. He had a plus 300 week. No kidding. Uh, he does things a little differently than I would do. He's a big teaser guy. But oh. he uh, he wants to shed some of his expertise upon our wager talk section of our show. So I don't know if it'll be weekly, but we've got some Parley Pete info for you here. Really? So is this so for the NFL games today? It's yeah, he's all over the kind of all over the oh, We're not betting on like the Lithuanian handball team or anything, are we? Well he, he said I got a couple of things from him. Uh he said these bets could only miss if God has a personal vendetta against him. Now, I do know yesterday he was, uh, at one point he had mentioned in his kitchen drinking Budweiser and butter shots. He calls them Butterweiser. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if that has anything to do with whether or not you will take interest in his picks. but uh, Budweiser and butter shots. Yep. That's what he was having. Is it like on purpose or is this like all you had left in the cupboard? I would think on purpose. Just, <laughs> I don't like I said. I don't know the guy. He's going through Hakey Carhu, uh, so we'll see what uh, what he can give us today. But he's big on the Chiefs today, um, and like I said, he does a lot of teasing. So I'm not sure what the Chiefs spread is, but he's got him down to minus five and a half. Um, he's got a prop bet for Mahomes over 25 attempts and over 20 completions. That would be a hundred dollar bet to win 87. He got a hundred dollars on that. Yeah, so that's. Holy but again, he he's he teases these. That's what he's into. For those of you that don't know what a teaser is, um, it's basically alternating the the spreads of whether it's a parlay or the actual game. So, for instance, if you're going to bet on 
a team that's minus seven and a half and think they're going to cover, but not sure if they can get to that eight, you know, winning by eight points, you can tease that spread down to say five and a half. Now they just got to win by six. And uh, you, you know, your money is not the same. It changes the odds, but that's the way this parlay Pete likes to attack things. Um, he also says Pacheco versus 27th ranked Las Vegas rush, rush defense. Mahomes has been over these numbers in every game this year. So, He's big on Pacheco. Oh, that's the running back for the yep. Chiefs. I like him. Yep. So that's he did mention. Uh, he did mention. Let's see, Buffalo Allen, two hundred twenty-five yards and a touchdown. Um, that was a fifty-dollar bet to win seventy-five. Boy, this Parlay Pete's got some some cash to throw. Well, he had a plus three hundred a week. So wouldn't that be something if Parlay Pete was actually Hakey Carhu? Like an alternate or vice versa? What do they call an alter eagle? I think so. Well, we'll get, we'll see. It doesn't really matter to us whether he's the same person or they're two different either. We'll just go, we'll go with that. So, uh, thank and, you. And, and this parlay Pete knows how to text. Well, apparently it's nice. on an iCloud, so I don't know what he's, <laughs> what he's got going. But, um, all right. Well, we should get into our bets. Okay. We'll talk about last week's very briefly because it sucked. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. Well, it was bittersweet for me. Bittersweet. We were a combined one for six in our picks. You were 0 for three, and I was one for three. I'm going to get on our DraftKings site right now. So one of my losses was the Packers. I, I took the Chargers to beat the Packers. Packers beat the Chargers, so I'll, I'll take that loss any day of the week. So good job to the Pack. Yeah, I kind of I was laughing. And then the other one, the one of the other ones I lost was just was pretty darn close, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, the 49ers, they were 13 and a half. They won by 13. So, so that half was, point. So, that I, was a tough so point. maybe I should have taken Parlay Pete's advice and did a te one of those teaser things. There you go. Um, well, I guess I'll take the floor this week and, and, okay. and go. Oh, is this a brutal one, though, hey? These games? Oof, good. Uh, the 1 o'clock games are a good time to take a little nap. Yeah, it's it's a rough slate here. I cannot imagine watching one second of the Giants and Patriots. <laughs> My God, I'd rather watch Iowa and Nebraska. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Speaking of that, did you, you if you would watch that, there's these two fans for Iowa, and they they had shirts on that said "punt." <laughs> Every time Iowa would punt, <laughs> they would cheer. It was awesome. Uh, they know their team. Yeah, they do. Anyway, I'm sorry for the interruption. Let's go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right off the bat and take Atlanta. They're plus two at home. Um, I don't know why. I can't even explain why, <laughs> but that's what I'm gonna do. So give me the Atlanta Falcons plus two at home. Okay, that's uh, that's wonderful. Do you think they'll so they don't even have to score? That's good. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the parlay Pete bandwagon here. Of course you are. Well, I, I mean the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. I got them, ESPN has them at nine and a half. And where are they? They're at the Raiders. Early game? We nope, 425. Oh, there they are. Chiefs at the Raiders. Well, you're getting them at minus nine on DraftKings. Uh, see? Beautiful. And that's what you want? Yep. KC minus nine. Yeah, I think they're due to just uh, un open a can of whoopa, you know what. All right, well, and maybe this is just wishful thinking for me. But I think Philly coming off of that emotional win last week against the Chiefs. They're at home. Um, Buffalo is all over the map. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from them. But I'm hoping we get the good version of the Buffalo Bills today and the good version of Josh Allen, um, which partly Pete mentioned uh, betting on him also. Buffalo's a three-point underdog at Philadelphia, so I'm going to take them. You're going to take Philadelphia? Buffalo. You're taking Buffalo? Buffalo plus three. So here's the question. Can I take Philadelphia then? Sure. Okay. I'll take the Eagles at that one. I like I like them at home with Buffalo. That's kind of an interesting little that's a well, little, that has not happened. That's a little diabolical plot twist we have here at SS3TP. Yeah, I I like the Eagles at home. The three. I don't like the number three. I don't like three and a half, but I guess it doesn't matter. Um I'll take the Eagles at home. Oh boy. And that that Pittsburgh Cincinnati game has got me. That might be the one I watch actually. Although since he's, you know, they're done now, right? Yeah. I mean Joe Burrow's out. Yep. So they're plus two and a half at home. And the Steelers have a new offensive coordinator after all that drama last week. Yeah, I, 
I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep rolling with Denver. They've, they've won five in a row, I think, right now, or four, but I'm going to roll with them. They are one-and-a-half-point favorite in Denver over Cleveland, who does not have their quarterback. So that'll be my bet, third bet, and be Denver minus one-and-a-half. Okay. Boy, that could be an ugly game. That could be a six-to-five six to yeah, game. Over-under is 37-and-a-half on that, and I might take – I might take the under as one of my bets. I don't think either. I don't think they're getting there. That's a wow. Um, I'm taking my my third one. I'm gonna take the Ravens at okay. the, at the Chargers. ESPN has them here at minus three. That's what you got. Baltimore minus three. Yeah. I think Baltimore on the big stage. They're ready to. And then and then can we put a little uh, a side wager that after the Ravens pound the Chargers that the Chargers coach is fired by the time he leaves the stadium? Boy, he was a little crabby last week too on his press conference. Poor guy. Hey, did you see Ryan Day walking in that locker room after that game yesterday? I did not. Talk about a guy that just looked deflated. Yeah. I mean, his face was pale. He had no expression. Did the well, official score uh, rule his triple an error? <laughs> yeah, he's a he just whines too much for me. Um. Hey, and by the way, for those of you that paid any attention last week, I did give you some pretty good tips on the props. We hit three out of four. Probably would have gotten all of them. Baron Jones would have gotten hurt because I had a touchdown for him. Montgomery got in the end zone. He was over 48 and a half yards rushing. And that Jaden Reed, I believe, was over 33 and a half for the pack. So, um, so yeah, they came through. This week, I don't have a lot for you um, prop-wise. Here we go again, shuffling through my papers. <laughs> oh, the organizational system. Uh, God. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson over 234 yards passing um, in their game against those Chargers. I, I might hit a few more on Lamar, actually, to look at the rushing. But that's one I like. Um, and other than that, I think, I don't know, I, I'll probably just go with Parlay Pete today. We'll see what he does. With the, the Chiefs stuff? Yeah. I think Chiefs. it's good. I, I, think, I think Mahomes is going to have a day. They need to get a win because they had a rough, you know, that Philly game was rough for them. So and the I game's like, in Vegas. So here's the question: Will Will Taylor Swift be there? Well, I would hope so. Apparently, Kelsey doesn't play quite as well when she's not. I'm sorry, I brought it up. Are we yeah. done? Well, I guess so. You yeah. got anything else you want to add, or any questions no. for me? I don't even know how much I'm gonna. I don't even know how much I'm gonna watch of those early games. I might. They'll be on. Put it that way. Yeah, they'll be on. But let's roll with Lamar Jackson. Uh, yards. Let's roll with Mahomes and the Chiefs for some bets today. Uh, take the under in that Cincinnati game, and probably all three of mine on my little battle with Crouchy, and you should come out ahead today. Wager Talk with Oge has been brought to you by the Vision Clinic. We offer a wide selection of eye care products, including eyewear, sunwear, and contact lenses to fit your specific eye care needs. Our mission is to provide quality service and products at reasonable pricing. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Give them a call at 906-482-6800 to set up an appointment. All right, let's hit the mailbag, which has been a fun couple of weeks in the mailbag, huh? I would say. Um, here comes the Judd. We'll give him the, the floor first here because he did win the Survivor Pool, which apparently Oj did pay him. So here comes the Judd says, of any sport, what Big Ten coach makes you want to puke when you see them? It's a nice question, Judd. P.J. Fleck, Fran McCaffrey, Brett Blema, someone else. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh and John, or Juwan Howard could be in the mix, but I know where your hearts lie. Um, Big Ten coach who makes you want to puke in your mouth, Oge. We brought up a couple good ones there. Yeah. All three of those are It's actually like this guy knows us a little bit. I don't know if P.J. Fleck makes me want to puke. Um, just There's just something about that guy that I wouldn't want to. Have my kid play for him. I don't know. Uh, he's mine. I'm picking him. And and here's why. I got a little bit more of a response. I I, I don't go for all the fake rah rah crap. Like you in in sports, you can't have fake enthusiasm. There's no way this guy is that fired up all the time. It's fake. It's phony. And then and the reason I say that is that when you do need that excitement, that enthusiasm, how do you know if it's real? I mean, like I bet you his slippers are lined up just perfectly when he gets out of bed, and he he probably breaks into some type of a exercise the first 30 seconds he's out a of bed. A couple squat thrusts. There you go, exactly. Sit-ups, planks, um, playing weird music while he does it. I just, I don't like the, 
the choreographed enthusiasm, the whole clap when I come in the room. And the other thing that drives me nuts in football, why do you got to wear a tie on the sideline and sunglasses? I mean, it's just – and again, I was a huge fan of him at Western. I liked – I loved what he did at Western. I just don't remember all this goofiness with him. Fran McCaffrey, getting the, over to him on the basketball side, he, he's an ass for Iowa. <laughs> he just is. So I don't know if, if – I, I want to vomit when I see him. He just kind of drives you nuts. Brett Bielema looks like he should puke a few times. I had a, I had a drink with him one time. Has he ballooned out? Yeah. I had a I had a glass of scotch with him one time. Really? At the Badger Clinic, a couple of buddies and I were down there, and we uh kind of snuck into the, the Barry Alvarez's party at the top, uninvited, but we somehow we wandered in, and uh he was sitting there, so he ordered a scotch, so I ordered one. It was disgusting. I don't think I finished it, but yeah, I like Brett. He's whatever. He's he's a guy that could probably hang out with us. He's four hundred pounds right now. <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, I gotta be honest. I could probably stand and drop a couple myself. I think he looks just fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. That's that's where we're going to go. I kind of agreed with those guys on there. and You pretty much talked me into it. P.J. Fleck makes me want to puke. Okay. We should, should we start wearing a shirt and ties to keep Not the Not a chance. <laughs> um, question from the sauna. How would you design the MHSAA football playoffs to make it more fair for public schools? Separate divisions, en enrollment multipliers, make your own plan. David W., from the shores. So the whole argument about the public schools versus the private schools in the major high school sports. It comes up every year in football, it comes up every year in basketball, it comes up every year in volleyball. You want to go first or you want me to? It really doesn't bother me. I, I We always comment on it, I always comment, you know, when you go through, say through the basketball state champions go up, if it was four classes, you know, like, like the ABCD days, was, oh, look at that. All four of them were private schools that, that won the state title. It doesn't bother, especially in football. I just think it's a it's a cool thing we're watching right now. I mean, look at Menominee. You think these kids are, get in there. Touchdown. There you go. 21 all. Um, yeah, we're at a disadvantage, but every so often we get those teams um, from our public schools, whether it's UP or downstate. That, that just got it, and they can build a program and go out and win. I think it makes it that much better when you can beat those private schools. So it is what it is. I would never want to have separate state championships. I think Wisconsin did that or does that. They had done they, that. I was going to bring they, that up years ago. They, so tried, I they tried it. The, the separate thing will never, ever, ever work. The idea behind it, great if you're anti-private school, but the private schools don't bring the fan base, which the athletic associations will not make the money. So therefore that was a bad idea, Wisconsin. I do, I can get on board with the, the enrollment multiplier. You know, when you base things like your, like football with the divisions is based on enrollment. I, I would, I could get on board with the multiplier. I, I just, I get, I get sick of seeing something, something Catholic central every year. And again, is well, but those kids, it's not, you can go to those schools. They they're, they're hitting the recruiting port, the, the, the portal every year. And you can argue with me till you're blue in the face. And I'm not even really anti private schools. I just don't think that the playing field is exactly level. I don't think it's as, well, it's not. I don't think it's as, as skewed as people think. I mean, we're watching Menominee right now. How many state championships have they won? Right. I mean, it, it's it's tough to win at this level. I think one thing you get at a lot of these schools. Two point conversion. Yep. Menominee has just taken the lead. Is that it's year in and year out. It's tough to compete. And when you get when you have a bigger pool to choose from. But you know what? When you get into the Grand Rapids, Lansing, Detroit area, you're going to get some public schools that are just as good as well as well. I think if you were to do anything, and I'm not even saying that you have to do anything, I think the enrollment multiplier where you multiply their enrollment by 1.25 or whatever has been one that's been – has had the most legs, but I don't know that you'll ever see it. I mean, the animosity is never going to go away. No, for it, sure. It's never going to go away. It's what it is. I mean, we've been talking about this forever, you know, and but I think it's just let's go out and battle, and, and every once in a while, like I said, you're going to have those teams – and there's programs that are consistent, but it makes that win feel that much better when you can beat those private yeah. schools. So, good question from the Shores. What else you got? Oh, well, Dan from McQuanagall. And again, I don't know. Could you be nicer to this guy? He's been asking some really good questions. He's got a good one here today, too. He says, if SS3TP had a Heisman vote. Yeah, we really, That's coming. It is. We really should. 
I mean, with our tens of fans and our presence on social media and you knowing how to send out a tweet now, we're coming. Um, oh, I just sounded like... Read. All right. So if SS3TP had a Heisman vote, who would it be? And secondly, now that the regular season is complete, who are the four best teams that should make the playoff? Heisman. Big return by Lumen Christie there. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I, we mentioned a little bit earlier, the Penix Jr. kid was seemed to be where everything was trending. I watched the game last night relatively hard after the Michigan game in between Pop and Miller lights like a madman. Um, but I, I wasn't overly impressed with him. And I don't know if he, you know, how that's going to look to those Heisman voters. They're still undefeated, correct? Yep. If they go all the way through and get to the college football tournament, uh, maybe he's the man. I don't know who's the other one. These are guys I don't watch a lot, you know, the kid at, uh, Oregon, Oregon. So yeah. like 26 years old. Yeah. Bonex at Oregon. There you go. Bonex. You have Penix. At Washington, I think the guy from LSU, the the Daniels, I think is pretty talented. I think it's safe to say the quarterback from USC is no longer in the picture. Yeah, this is this is for sure. Just the guy from LSU, like it almost seems like they're trying to do everything to just get this guy stats to win it for your program, and I and I don't I don't want nothing to do with that. I think he's pretty talented, but last week playing our sisters of the poor university, they let him run wild, and I don't go for that crap at all. Right. You know, remember back in like the 90s when Houston, the University of Houston, had like David Klingler and all these guys that were throwing for like 600, 700 yards? Yep. I don't go for that stuff. I mean, I think I think it's going to come down to Penix and Bo Nix, and they play next week in the Big 12 championship game. I think if – If the winning quarterback has a good game. Yep, I think that could springboard them. You know, and I'm and I'm one that always I'm always trying to look to see who that next level player is, other than a quarterback, because this is a quarterback award. I just don't see anyone else that you could get, you could even put in the conversation that you could send to New York. I know they like that tight end from Georgia, but he was hurt, and right. so I think it'll come down to Penix and Bo Nix in that game on the West Coast. And and again, I haven't watched a lot of them either. I like I like watching the Penix because there's something about those lefty quarterbacks that are smooth like that. That are kind of fun to watch. I mean, he came up big in the fourth quarter. I'll give him that, but he was he wasn't overly impressive for a good chunk of that game. But they did get the win. So um, anyway, let's move on from there to the other part of that question with these college football playoffs. Top four. What a mess, eh? Yeah, a fun mess though. I agree. I think this next weekend comes into play, and we alluded to this earlier. How about let's let's just start with Florida State, and then we'll get into the other ones. They struggled with who did they struggle with? Was it Florida? Yeah, it was Florida. Yep. And they struggled, had to win at the end, and everybody and their brother outside of the state of Florida wants Florida State to lose, right? Because then they can just get them off and go, we don't got to mess with them. Correct. So they, if they, and they're playing Louisville, who lost, or Louisville, whatever you call them, they lost to Kentucky. Yep. So if Florida State wins, conference champion, they'll be in. They're going to be in. And the other side now is, like we mentioned, Washington and Oregon. If Oregon wins, are they in? If who, Washington, who did they lose to? You, they lost to Washington, I think. Earlier in the year. So yes. if, Washington, okay, right. if Washington wins, God, they're, that's tough. they're in, right? What is Texas hoping for? What are they going to have happen? Well, that's the other thing. So Texas is going to play Oklahoma State in the Big 12. If they win, they're conference champion. You can't put Alabama in there. No, for sure. And then if Alabama beats Georgia, are you leaving both Alabama and Georgia out? I Which think could happen. It could. So if Alabama pick. beats Georgia in the SEC title game. I think Georgia's in regardless. You think so? I think so. But you're going to leave Alabama out. The only way Alabama can get in is if Texas is in. So now, so now if Texas wins, Alabama wins, and Florida State loses, now do you put Alabama – I mean, it, it, it's, it's such a mess – Michigan's in, right? Well, assuming we beat Iowa. What do you think the over-under in that one's going to be? I wonder be? if this Dan watched his Nebraska Cornhuskers in that game. Holy Mackinac Island. Yeah, it's, I don't know. We didn't really answer anything there. I guess the scenarios were kind of played out, but gee. Man, I, just don't, be... I just don't see Georgia losing to Alabama, to be honest with you. Right? So Georgia, Michigan, and then you, you can't put Alabama in over Texas. Well, if, if, if Georgia beats wins, Alabama, Alabama's done. they're out. They're out. But if Texas wins... So now you have the big. You could have the Big Twelve, 
the, the pack, whatever they are, the ACC, the Big Ten and SEC, all five champions, one of them's not getting in. Yeah, well, fun stuff. We'll, obviously, this weekend we'll straighten out all these issues, most of them anyway. Yeah, and that's a good weekend, too, to watch football. So, All right, next question. Yep, shoot. Uh, what professional sports organization do you think is the most cursed franchise in all of sports? Jesse from Appleton, and I'm not reading that suck-up comment he puts at the end. Well, that he likes. Yeah. Big fan of uh, Coach Burkhart. Yeah, I think he's a lumberjack. He probably ordered a shirt online, I bet you. Yeah. Cleveland Browns, that's who come to mind. I mean, the Lions are right there, but as far as football goes, can you give me anybody else? Well, the Lions are the ones that I think of, and they're having a good year now. But I got a good thing. Did, so did you watch the Packer-Lion game on Thanksgiving? Yes. Okay. Then the Packers won. Yes. Okay. So the Lions have been a horrible franchise forever. Why would you ever wear throwback jerseys? Why do you ever want to throw back to your past if you're the Lions? Well, it's a Thanksgiving thing they do. Yeah. Well, I I, I appreciate that. Do you have, uh, I, I suppose the Jets are a cursed franchise, but I think Cleveland is, Cleveland? is the one. I mean, the fumble, the Ernest Biner fumble. The drive. You know, that, that. And then, then they go out and sign this Deshaun Watson that we talked about. And, oh, yeah. I mean, all this money for this guy. You know, the Jets probably feel cursed with Rodgers, but I, I, Cleveland's got to be it. I don't know where else you'd go. You know what one I thought? Obviously, the Lions are ones I thought of, but I also thought of the Red Sox, too. Now, I know they've won and they've been better, but they they had a, a pretty good stretch there, too, where there's a lot of bad things that had happened to them. Yeah, I mean, does, prior cur to them does cursed mean that you can't win, or is it just does it mean that you've got bad things that happened to well, you? I think once, once you win a title in your... So Bill Buckner's been... Taken off the the hit list. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we can get over the trade, the curse of the Bambino. Yes. Okay. I think Cleveland's a good one. Um, Cleveland or Detroit Lions. And again, we're 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 not jumping on the Lions right now because it, there's some optimism there this year and they've been playing better. But Milwaukee Brewers might be the choice in baseball, but I don't want to get back into that. Yeah. Any more? Uh, I, I, I might as well jump into this. I we got to get this. We're gonna, are we going to Ed? We're going to have to. And Do we want to do his real question or do we want to do his snide comment? Well, I think I'm going to do the snide comment because people are – a number of our fans had brought this up during the week. So this goes back to our little uh, bourbon episode with the Bucks and Booze crew. <laughs> um, I'm fairly convinced now after what happened last week on our show that we were slipped a roofie by – I think so too. George during that episode. I think so. Because – not only did you repeat the same question, well, I back-to-back -back weeks. I, I have an explanation for that, but you but you go first. So back-to-back -back weeks, you put the same question out there, and then as you were reading your answer last week, I started thinking to myself, now is this something that he did he tell me this story off the air, or was this the exact story that he's telling? Two weeks in a row. No. Do you know what? Here's what happened. The bike riding thing. Yeah, the bike riding thing. But here's what happened. I have a very logical explanation. So when we did the Bucks and Booze episode, we had the lesson plan printed out with our questions on it, right? Correct. And last week when we did the Ed questions, you pulled them up off the email. Ed's, that, that question was not on the lesson plan last week. We just I just had I left it in the email instead of archiving so with, it. Okay, so that... With the fact that we were drinking bourbon that he had roofied us, roofied us explains a lot. And actually, I was no better because I answered the same question differently two weeks in a row. <laughs> I had two different answers to it, making fun of you for answering the same, you know, giving us the same story about you and Beth riding a bike, doing a wheelie. Yeah. So, so. But that's what happened. It was it was an honest clerical mistake, and it's hard to hard to believe that we can have a mistake with this organizational system we have here. So Ed says, how the hell does Crouchy not remember telling the bike story about Beth and him riding down 4th Street all bailed up week prior during the Bourbon Soap podcast? The answer is bourbon. The podcast was one hour and 50 minutes, which is a short time to go from zero to not remembering telling a story. And how genuinely excited he was to tell the story again was refreshing. Oj, what are some thoughts or what are some other things that Crouchy repeats due to lack of memory or not paying attention and was Crouchy drinking prior to the podcast being taped. Uh, yeah, well, we had a couple beers, you know, but nothing yeah, nothing we that should have created this type of an issue. No. Um, 
Yeah, generally, I'm not going to rip on him because he, he does one hell of a job with this. And like I said, we just we got cornered. And I think it's I think it goes the Bucks and Boots crew is probably a little pissed off about the ratings. Yeah. Right. They're trying to take us down with some of this stuff. Um, look at that. It goes Menominee. Another touchdown. Wow. What a game. So anyway, that so was that. I wonder I, how many others caught that. But also the other thing with the Bucks and Boos, because we were going long that episode, we cut some other questions out of there True. that we saved. So when we did that question the next week, I was like, okay, I had my response. I, I planned it because we planned this out. This is, this show is a well-run machine here. Well, we and, don't, but yeah. And, and I, I dropped the ball. Was it bourbon and roofie induced? Good chance, but there was a the, a clerical error where I thought we had not done the question yet. But it's still a funny story, like riding that bike down the street with flat tires. We what, don't need to hear it again. Well, I don't know why we just didn't walk. It would have been quicker. He also act, asks, I almost said acts. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is the wide receiver one for the pack? He's asking you. Ed is uh, Christian Watson. I think that, I think he's got. A, I think I like him a lot. They got some good young ones, but. He's been hurt, and I think when he's healthy, I think he's going to be a good one. Well, I have nothing to add there because I couldn't care less. So, <laughs> Anything else? Looks like that winder going, huh? Yeah. Located eight miles south of Blake Linden on the Bujack Road, the Dreamland Restaurant's your choice of great dining. Family-owned and operated for over 100 years. Whether you're in the mood for Mexican Monday specials, burgers, pizza, or Friday fish fry, Dreamland is your next stop. And then we got to go on to some listen to the lyrics, hey, Oge? We're at that time? It is. It is that time. Listen to the Lyrics is brought to you by Kiwana Auto Body, located on Pine Street in Calumet. They are your choice for quality collision and body repair since 1966. They are open 8 to 5 Monday through Friday and 8 to 12 on Saturday. Give them a call at 906-337-1203. So, Crouchy, this week's song is a little bit different and... I'll tell you why. Oh, is, I can, can't wait to hear this one. This is the first and probably the only time that I've accepted a request. So it's not going to happen often. Don't think people that you can start doing this. So somebody cornered you into doing this. Yeah, but it should be noted that the request comes from the wife of the person or business that sponsors the Listen to the Lyrics segment. Oh, so you're sucking up. Yeah. That's totally. okay. That, that she's, a, she's a sweetheart, so... Anyway, Earl Thomas Connolly got a hold of this song in 1983, and he turned it into a number one hit. It's definitely a cheating song, but the smooth voice of Connolly and the clever phrasing almost has you feeling sorry for the actual cheaters. There's some great lyrics that tug at your heart a little bit, and again, it's the perfect song, and the perfect guy to sing it. So there you go, Mel. Here is Earl Thomas Connolly. It's the third hardest thing I'll ever do And even here without you And the second hardest thing I'll ever do Is telling her about you been good to me when things were going well. How can I tell her now? Good ain't good enough. All the hardest thing I've ever had to do is holding her If she'd give me one good reason, I'd be gone. But she ain't done one thing wrong. So don't expect me just to walk out of the door. I still love her, but I love you more. Make my days long 
show now Oj, where we've been hammering on some cities as far as great athletes the mount rushmore we've done some big cities we've done some small cities and today we're going to take a look at the the great city of hotlanta atlanta georgia well i know you'll have some opinions on this um it, it's good but for those of you that are going to be yapping a little bit about the fact that it doesn't have the three major sports which we kind of talked about doing but we changed our mind in four major sports or four major sports sorry right we got football baseball basketball and hockey but Atlanta does not. They don't have hockey? Do they? Isn't there a Thrashers or something? I have no idea. Yeah, regardless. Does, does Atlanta have the NHL? <laughs> That's a good question. Wow. Anyway. Not good enough to make our Mount Rushmore anyway. Yeah, we can do what we want on here. It's our show. You got that right. All right, I'm starting off with Hammer and Hank Aaron. You're going to take the easy one, hey? Yeah, you got to. Okay. Uh, I think no question. I mean, he could be on your... Mount Rushmore, your baseball Mount Rushmore, obviously, with all the home runs and pretty good guy. Well, I know what you want me to say here. You want me to say Dale Murphy. Are you going to say Dale Murphy? Because I don't think you can. Well, but who are we going to put on there instead of him? All right, well, you, let's, start with, let's start with Chipper Jones, okay. Greg Maddox, um, Tom Glavin, any of those three. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to stay out of baseball. I'm going to let you decide that. I'm going to go with Evander Holyfield. Really? Didn't see that one coming, did I you? I did not. One of the greatest boxers of all time. Atlanta Atlanta boy. Beat Mike Tyson twice, I think, correct? Yes. That he got is, his he, ear he, bit, too. Yep. Bit off, not bit. Yeah, there wasn't. They, they, he was not nibbling on his oh, earlobe. Oh, man. Evander. Well, all right. Well, there's got to be a baseball player on there. So I'm, I think Chipper Jones, while well, we had Hank Aaron, but I think you got to put Chipper Jones on there too. So Chipper Jones is your next guy over Dale Murphy and and the pitchers. Maddox, I know. I mean, the pitchers, you can argue probably any three of those. I guess Maddox would be the first one. Yeah. Glavin right behind him maybe? I don't know. A um, bit? I think there's a separation between Maddox and Glavin. I just um, – I'll go with Chipper on that. I'll go with it, I think, just because he's one of the great, greatest third basemen of all time, right? How about Dominique? Dominique's the next one. Is he on there? Yeah, he is. No titles? Doesn't matter. Tell me you didn't pretend to try and dunk like him when you were a kid on an eight-foot rim. Oh, yeah. Larson's Garage. Back in the some of the greatest slam dunk contests. And I don't even know. Is he a Hall of Fame basketball? Is he in the Hall of Fame? Oh, I'm sure he is. I mean, was he really that great of a player? He's so damn athletic, hey? Well, he could score. Christ, he was he had great numbers. I just, I don't know if you have to have. Of course, the Braves, your Braves with Chipper, he didn't, did he, he didn't win a title. Yeah, I did. They, they won did? one, yeah. Okay. I guess you got to put Dominique on there. The argument against it would be the fact that he didn't win. So if you go from but what we just said, we're going Hank Aaron. But we're not doing just baseball here, now, right? Because that, I mean, we I can do, know. we could do baseball, and then you could, you could make a case. But we gotta, we gotta at least throw. Yeah, well, some of the cities, you got to put a couple baseball players on right. there. Right. I mean, so we're going there. So Two baseball, Dominique and... Evander? Evander Holyfield. How about football-wise? Dion? Yeah, Mount Rushmore's only got four people. I know. Well, we got we, had this, we, did, we didn't carve it yet. Who's we're just, the greatest Atlanta Falcon? Oof. Steve Bartkowski? <laughs> it could be. Dion? I don't know. I mean, who do you associate Dion with? The Falcons, the Cowboys, the Niners? Falcons. 
And he played for the Braves. Oh, that's true. Let's well then you gotta dump Holyfield out of yeah, there. Yeah, I could put Dion yeah. on there. I'm putting Dion, taking Evander off. Because let's be honest. I forgot about the Brave thing. I mean, it wasn't like he was an all-star there, but he you know he did. He was a solid he was a solid player. Should have been batting eighth, not lead off, but so Chipper Jones, Deion Sanders, Hammer and Hank Aaron, and Dominique Wilkins. It's pretty solid. All right, there you go. Um, next week we'll have another city to be determined just yet. Uh, we got a big week coming up for the podcast, Oge. Huge week. We did a remember we did our football and volleyball previews. I do. We are taking SS3TP into a basketball preview and hockey. Yeah. So we got our episode is coming out today on Sunday, like we always do. Wednesday we will be releasing our first ever SS3TP basketball preview, and on Thursday, Uncharted Waters with a high school hockey preview. So we got three episodes this week for our listeners to chime in about um we, we sat down with a bunch of coaches it's going to be good yeah and i think you know there's a lot of obviously a lot of basketball teams small school teams around the up around our area so we're not going out and getting everybody but the coaches that we talked to did a good job of discussing some of these other teams too you know and, and as far as previewing the season so yeah it was fun and we got a couple more to do and it'll be out midweek yeah so the plan right now we got we got to chat with a couple couple more people we got to talk with but we got basketball coming out on Wednesday. We got hockey coming out on Thursday. Um, I think we uh, we sent out a post on Twitter about the dates and, and such like that. Um, so those will be exciting to watch. Um, you know, make sure that you guys are following us on social media. Oj knows how to tweet now, so he can. We, you know, Twitter's the big one, I guess. But you know, we're also on the um, what is the oh, the, the TikTok? We're on the TikTok. We are on the TikTok. So we got we're posting stuff on there. The I think you know obviously the the high school hockey season kicked off. I think boys basketball cranks up this week as well so, yeah. with some games. So it's going to be busy. Um, we'll have another Northern Arizona update coming through. Plus next Saturday is going to be a great football day. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun discussing what went down on Saturday for sure. So looking forward to it. See you, Oge. Talk to you later, Coachy.